Well, big moves on equities and bonds overnight and a rising US dollar making it a particularly bad night for the Aussie dollar. Basically, the RBA is sounding a little less hawkish, the Fed more hawkish, but also more questions about whether the US is heading for a recession with the 210 yield curve inversion now more than minus 1% for the first time since 1981. That is quite a reaction, isn't it? It's Wednesday, the 8th of March, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has bounced back today. It's up 1.2% on the DXY index. Yesterday, of course, we saw the Aussie dollar down, even against a falling US dollar. So against a rising dollar, well, the Aussie is down over 2% now, just below 66 US cents, the lowest so far this year. The euro is also down 1.2%. The pound has lost 1.6%. And a bad day for equities. The Dow down 1.7%, 1.4% off the S&P 500, 1.3% off the Nasdaq. Utilities and real estate doing the worst, but optimism was missing across all sectors. Uh, in Europe, the Euro stocks 50 down 0.8% at close, and big falls in oil 3.8% off WTI, 3.5% off Brent crude, which is now down almost to 83 a barrel. And bond yields, lots of movement. 10 year treasuries, well, up just one basis point, but two years up 11 basis points, getting over 5% now. German 10 year bonds down 5, but no downward movement at the front end of the yield curve there. Aussie 10 years yesterday, down 8 basis points, down to 3.68%, closer to 3.7% overnight. But a massive fall in two-year yields, down almost 20 basis points to 3.39%. Why? Well, let's ask NAB's Rodrigo Catrill joining us from Sydney. Uh, we, I mean, that big fall at the, the front end of the, the yield curve in Australia, I guess that is down to the less hawkish tone set by the RBA yesterday. Um, yes, uh, morning, Phil. Uh, the RBA, um, if you recall in February, um, was talking about this idea that uh, further tightening will be needed uh, over coming months. Um, and certainly the guidance that was given in the statement yesterday uh, wasn't as committal, um, referring to the need of further tightening over the period ahead. So um, it kind of leaves the door open mm. to even potentially a pause somewhere along the line. Um, there's, there's a few out there in the market that believe that, uh, including Terry McCran, for instance, that um, the RBA has essentially told us that, that there will be a pause in April. Um, worth highlighting, however, that the, the RBA, as with the other central banks, they're very much data dependent. And uh, we think that that's where, yeah. um, and particularly the labor market report next week, will be crucial. If, as we expect, we see a decent rebound in the labor market, then the expectations for an April hike uh, yeah. will increase significantly. Um, so there's still that expectation, isn't there, the 4.1%. I mean, I, I think maybe markets have brought that down a little bit, but not a great deal. So, I mean, it's st- even if there's a pause, I mean, generally the expectation is still two more 25 basis points hikes, isn't it? Maybe... But maybe just one. Maybe we we'll get away with this one. Uh, well, certainly it has been. We've seen a bit of a pullback in terms of pricing expectations. Um, so one way of thinking, sort of where the market is pricing that terminal rate. Uh, I've been looking at the uh, September pricing, which is around the top of, of market expectations. Um, and and to be fair, since since the softer data, it has been declining quite significantly. So. 
you know, prior mm. to the WPI, uh, the wage price index uh, report, uh, the market was pricing a terminal rate peak of around 434, 435. Um, and then uh, prior to the RBA yesterday, it was around 415, and now we are at 401. So there's definitely been a significant decline in, in those expectations from the data. So is that from, a big from the RBA? Right. It's a, is that a big chunk of it? Just talking about that wages, that the, the, the WPI, is it the fact that we're not seeing this wages spiral that, the, the, you know, the RBA was perhaps fearful of? And, 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 and hence they feel as though they've got a bit more legroom this time? Well, certainly well, in terms of the statement, the RBA has noted that, that uh, you know, the, the, the wage data uh, hasn't been as, as strong as expected. And, and they also make, make that a point that even in the national accounts, that, that wage information or, or labor cost information wasn't as excessive either. So uh, they have mm. pointed it out as part, of, as part of one of the reasons why they they've, uh, don't see that urgency to keep on hiking consecutively, if you like, as, as they have been doing so far. So certainly it's the issue. I mean, to us, we need to be mindful that the data, not only in Australia, but um, even in the in the US, and actually the quote from, from Fed Chair Powell overnight was also that, you know, the, the, the move down in inflation is going to be bumpy. Um, and mm. certainly that's been the case here in Australia. So um, the, the RBA seems to be sort of reacting very quickly to each data release that we've seen in, in recent months, particularly CPI and other wage data. Uh, but even by their own forecast, they still expect a significant increase in wages growth over the coming year. So um, we, we need to be mindful of that, that the data could turn and prove, prove more resilient. And, 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 and as a result, it could actually make the, the RBA a bit more hawkish again as well. Well, I mean, we did see a big reaction, didn't we? So that, you know, that 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 fall in uh, in yields at the front end of the curve that I talked about, but also, I mean, the ASX 200 uh, shooting up yesterday, gained about half a percent pretty much all at once after that, that RBA statement. But in the background, I mean, are we seeing also, you know, the fact that if they do do more, then that could be recessionary. So Bloomberg points out 41% of the ASX 200 companies that have posted their half-year profits have had negative earnings surprises compared to 28% last year. So, I mean, that would be a sign that, you know, things aren't looking too good. I mean, that could be a, a, also, of course, a reason why the, the RBA might say, well, OK, actually, we, we perhaps should pause a bit because we are starting to have an impact and uh, and, and it's softening the economy. Um, yes, uh, that, that maybe that rationale would have been valid in December. Uh, but um, mm. it's important to highlight the the big switch, if you like, in terms of the mindset uh, the RBA has displayed since coming back from holiday. And, and in February, they made it very clear that they were concerned about the, the level and, and the, the nature of inflation in Australia, which is broad-based, so it's coming from everywhere. Um, yeah. And like, unlike other central banks, they've highlighted that the, the most important thing at the moment is to make sure that that inflation uh, pressures um, you know, ease and, and you, you drive inflation back towards the target. So implicitly mm. if that means that there will be an increase in wage in unemployment and, and even a recession uh, that is the price that they're willing to pay for it um, so for now yeah sure the, the, it, we've seen a bit of strain in terms of equity performance but I, I don't think that the RBA will be too focused on that uh, it's more focused about, uh, on, on those inflationary pressures yeah and look the trade surplus showed that there was uh, a bit of a surge in, in vehicle imports in january so you don't buy a new car unless you're feeling pretty well off do you so i mean there's still obviously some uh, some spending power out there in the economy but uh, just before we talk about the fed just very quickly just to uh, round off what, what happened yesterday so china's imports and exports uh exports year on year picked up a bit from a 9.9 percent fall for the year to december to a 6.8 percent fall in the latest numbers but 
imports falling more. So we were at what, what an 8.7% uh, drop year on year, I think it was, to a 10.2% drop. Now, commodity prices will be some of that, presumably, but does that... And I guess it's it's a bit historic as well, isn't it? Because obviously China's coming out of lockdown now, so perhaps it's old numbers. Um, yeah, it's um, so again the the the, the numbers. Um, you know, you you got to look at the volume and the prices, and the import prices have declined. So the decline in imports wasn't as bad once you adjust for prices. Uh, in fact, mm. it's basically unchanged. Uh, but certainly the narrative there is that we haven't yet seen that important import rebound from you know the consumer reopening and, and wanting more things if you like um so it's early days still in terms of the reopening process we also got to remember that the lunar new year it's, it's a period where people you know are kind of spending holiday are on holidays rather than consuming too much in terms of uh, of goods so so may yeah. so we still expect that that the rebound will will be seen and importantly as you point out that the export data wasn't as bad as expected um uh, suggesting that maybe the the uh, offshore demand or demand from from overseas is is proving a bit more resilient at the start of the year which would be consistent with the stronger data that we've seen for instance from the us as well so um mm. it, there's a little bit of noise okay. in the data but uh in terms of what to watch out for from here will be whether we do in fact see an increase in, in import demand which will be reflective of of that uh, drive of rebound in in, Chinese, in the Chinese economy coming from the domestic side and the consumer. Right, we get uh, Philip Lowe talking very soon, don't we? Inflation and recent economic data is his uh, is his talk. But Jerome Powell has been in front of the Senate Banking Committee overnight, and equity markets have been paying attention, particularly to his opening remarks. He said the latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated. I feel like we've heard those that, almost that exact line uh, before, uh, but certainly we've seen a response on, on the market. So it's, you know, they were hawkish before. It seems like they're a bit more hawkish today. Yes, and um, um, the, the, the magnitude of the reaction in markets has been uh, quite uh, quite impressive. Mm. And, and to some extent, um, you know, we sort of knew this. We, we knew the data was stronger. We knew other Fed speakers were saying it, but obviously when, when it comes from the chair, uh, it resonates uh, loudly and, 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 and the market reacts to it. So um, importantly, the Fed Chair Powell did talk about sort of the, the need to see all the data uh, and, uh, and highlighting, of course, not only the data dependency from, from the Fed, but also the fact that there's important data coming up, uh, including non-fund payrolls on Friday and the CPI next week. So those two data prints are going yeah. to be super important in terms of whether or not they reaffirm uh, the, the, the market reaction that we've seen overnight or whether we see a pullback um, um, in terms of how you know, aggressive the market thinks that the Fed is going to be. Um, the other important thing on all of this as well is that Fed Chair Powell noted how inflation has been coming down. He noted how PCE in particular has been declining and then stressed that you know, his new preferred measure, which is uh, the core PCE X dose rents uh, uh, or housing uh, cost of housing expenses, is, is not declining yet, um, but uh, when we look at those those uh, um, uh, inflation drivers, you know, leading indicators are still telling us that we should expect a, an, an ease in those inflationary pressures. So, um, again, that inversion of the curve, uh, as you alluded earlier, is, is quite important because the market feels yeah. that it's, it's, it's becoming even more worried about how aggressive the Fed is going to be and how much of a recession or slowdown uh, is likely to instigate in the in the well, US economy. Yeah, it got over 100 basis points for the first time since That's 1981. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, which would be signaling recession, wouldn't it? And on that, Elizabeth Warren completely laid into uh, Jerome Powell in this session saying, look, if you think you're going to uh, have two million people losing their jobs, uh, then uh, every time that's happened, the last 12 times that's happened, how many times has the economy not gone into a recession when you've seen that many people losing jobs? To which Jerome Powell, of course, said, well, it's never happened. You know, <laughs> out of those 12 times, it's always led into a recession. So, whether right. they whether they can do it, and you know, maybe soft landing is something that's uh, you know been forgotten about for now. Anyway, we'll yeah, see. So it, just to layer that point, that so the market believes that the only way you can do it is by I- introducing rate cuts quite mm. quickly, um, and hence you know there's the expectations that you will see those rate cuts coming uh, potentially you know the start of next year, late ne- late this yeah. year. Yeah, to stave it off. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, the next central bank, the Bank of Canada, on hold. That's what's expected anyway, isn't it? That's what is expected, given the guidance that they gave us in, in the previous month and also the data releases that we had since. Um, you know, the GDP print was yeah. pretty subdued on a year-on-year basis. It was actually softer than expected. Uh, inflation is also trending a little bit lower, uh, vindicating or, or at least, you know, uh, justifying the expectations that the Bank of Canada sees that inflation reading getting back towards, uh, you know, that 2% level uh, uh, by 2024. Um, so, yeah, for now, the, the Bank of Canada can, um, you know, deliver on what they say they were going to do. So uh, the market is well priced for, for no change. So can they be a bit of a litmus test to the rest of the world, you know, if you if you go hard? I mean, this. It, I guess there's also the interesting thing about Canada and the United States is, I mean, their unemployment was very high, wasn't it? Because obviously they didn't do quite the same in terms of furloughing during the pandemic. So I wonder whether, yeah. in fact, you know, those uh, the, the, that means there's less wage pressure because people are a little bit more cagey about uh, asking for wage rises. Just the theory I've just created in the last minute. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> just throw it in there. Like, but, well, actually, you know, that, that's actually one of the important or interesting ones, because we also did get um, uh, the labor market report um, in, um, I think it was around the 10th or the 11th of February. So. In that report, the interesting thing was that the labor market did rebound significantly. Mm. Um, we had a, a big jump, a massive surprise. Um, I think the market was expecting a, a you know fifteen thousand job creation. We got something well north of uh, one hundred forty, one hundred fifty thousand jobs. So the labor market is still performing quite well, notwithstanding the slowdown in the economy. Um, yeah. But as you point out, uh, you know it's about that uh, um, wages growth, uh, and for now. It's relatively subdued at around 4.5%. Uh, but if that was to tick higher, it will certainly flip the narrative for the Bank of Canada. Um, for the Bank of Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, the pound is weakened today uh, in part because Catherine Mann, well, obviously a stronger US dollar, but also Catherine Mann from the Bank of England saying on Bloomberg TV overnight the pound could weaken even further if the Fed becomes even more hawkish, and that's not priced in. Uh, and that falling pound could inflate prices, which could mean more rate hikes from the Bank of England. Uh, I mean, it's around $1.20 at the moment, isn't the pound? It you know, it did get down to a dollar three when Liz Truss was uh, prime minister. Let's hope it doesn't get back down there again. But it shows how how low it could go, uh, almost down to parity. But uh, I mean, that's it. That's influenced the pound almost certainly today. So for today, uh, Germany's retail sales and industrial production, uh, and uh, what else have we got? Well, we hear from Christine Lagarde from the ECB as well, and for the US uh, head of payrolls, we get the ADP employment number, jolts as well, and the uh, US trade balance and mortgage applications. Very quickly before we go, I want to comment on any of those? Uh, yes, the, the labor market is the key one in terms of the US. Uh, mm. So the jolts and, and the ADP number will be, uh, I think, the focus, particularly ahead of non-fund perils on Friday. 
Um, the jobs report is not expected to show much of a decline, and uh, and the ADP is looking at two hundred thousand jobs. So pretty much kind of mm -hmm. along the lines of what the market is looking for for non-farm payrolls on, on, on Friday. But certainly any surprise there, up or down, uh, will be significant, particularly given the price action that we've seen since uh, Powell's yeah. speech. So, yes, yeah, so more jobs rather than fewer jobs. So maybe Elizabeth Warren doesn't have to worry too much about uh, that recession after all. Anyway, we'll see well, what the numbers Not yet, at least, yeah. <laughs> not yet, yeah. Good to talk anyway, uh, Rodrigo. Catch you again soon. Thanks. Cheers, Phil. Obviously, depends on how far they go, doesn't it? That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. 